Welcome to 30 Minutes to Wealth, the show that teaches you how to build wealth through real estate. Our company, ProFunds Mortgages, has assisted real estate investors in achieving wealth for over two decades. Over the next 30 minutes, we're going to share some of our key strategies in real estate with you. Right here on 30 Minutes to Wealth. We're here with our guest today, Harry Stinson. Harry, thank you for joining us on the show. You're welcome. Glad yes. to be here. Great so, to have you. Yeah, it's, been, it's great to have you here. So you've been involved in real estate since the 70s. Uh, you know, you've seen lots of different market uh, changes throughout your time. And um, you're here to tell us a tale about how you've been labeled as one of the pioneers of the Toronto condo boom, which is really amazing. So tell us a little bit about yourself and, you know, what led you to the path where you are today? So I started out in real estate um really through the business. I had a lot of restaurants and hospitality, entertainment things in the 70s. And I got to notice that the realtors were doing quite well. Um, mm-hmm. So I, uh, I decided to get my real estate broker's license. And in the early 80s, um, I had bought a condo for myself. And I was astonished at how little the realtors appeared to know about condominiums. And I thought, you know, this could be way the future of downtown Toronto. It's got to go up because it's already going out and we can't do that much anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so I decided to specialize in condominiums and I'm compressing a lot into a short bit here. Yes. And I became the specialist in because nobody else was. So by default, I was the specialist in condos and I promoted that. I know condos. People came to me and said, you know, we'd like to buy a condo, but there's nothing interesting out there. You're the specialist. You find us one. And mm-hmm. so here I had clients with me who were prepared to spend three, four, five hundred thousand dollars and I couldn't find anything interesting for them. And you know, seeing what I was getting, and five then or 6%, three, four, five hundred thousand was a lot of money. It was a lot of money, and, right? and you know, you have a client, yeah. and they're prepared to buy something, and there's no product. So I went to the development industry and said, "Guys, build something interesting, and they'll buy it. And you know, if you buy it, you know, if you build it, they will come. They will come." Yeah. And they said, "Yeah, sure." So what happens if you're wrong, kid? Yeah, and we're stuck with this project. Well, we're not going to do that. Development industry is quite conservative. Yes. You know, it, oh, it may, yes. you know, they'll add a little different front to the house or something like that, but essentially it's the same product over and over again. Mm-hmm. So being the silly entrepreneur I was, I decided, well, I'll just be a developer. That's no problem. Um, and the product that people were looking for were lofts, something with character. That's the word that came up again and again and again is character. Mm-hmm. That's what I always tried to work on is character, something that stands out in the market. So I tried to find a loft building and I ran across a building on Queen Street West, 993 Queen West, which was the candy factory building. And which Jordan is just fascinated yeah, by that beautiful, property. It's a beautiful it building. It literally was called the candy company. It was CD Candy It was company. a candy company. And they, factory, built, yeah. they produced rockets and pezzes and things like that. So, Neat. but nobody wanted it. And this was, this was early nineties. No, wait a minute. Did you find any treasures in the building? No, it was the dead pigeons, dead pigeons, lots of dust, you know, no treasures. It had oh. been empty actually for quite a few years. And you said years. it was actually vacant for, for a couple of years. Before At least, you I think in. about a decade it had been empty. Wow. The candy company had moved to Barry, And nobody and, wanted and it. nobody wanted it. That's a crazy. whole city block on Queen West with this iconic wooden brick and beam building and oh nobody wanted it. Oh. So the owners went into a partnership with me where I would be the developer and they would throw the building in. Right. And that's how the candy factory started. And it was tough. I mean, I had to get the zoning done. This was before the flexible zoning. In fact, the candy factory was used by Barbara Hall as the model for the open zoning in downtown Toronto because of the success of it, because it it opened up the doors then for people just come with a good idea. We'll look at it on its merits. You didn't have to rezone. So did you you actually create the image and the idea behind all of that? The vision, yes. Wow. So I took the vision because nobody wanted to build you it. You are nobody decades wanted to finance ahead of yourself. It. Yeah. Because it's that painful. is now in style. Right? Oh, yeah. That is happening but, today. But the customers, the buyers who wanted to live there, they already wanted it. 
the demand was there. The yeah. supply was not. Yeah. So I figured I'd create the supply. Amazing. Well, congratulations. That's it was tough. It was probably incredible. five years from the acquisition to the move in, which is a pro- by development standards probably that long. All right. But to create the design, market it find people mm-hmm. who would back it, get interested in it was was difficult. Very, so that's how, difficult. that's what started your whole career in development. Yeah, find a need and fill it. Incredible. So and it, and it took off and then everybody copied. All those developers who were saying, "Oh, I'll never work." You know, literally people were going into other developer sales offices and they would say, "Well, you know, the candy factory got the guys doing granite counters because I was doing all these things to lure people in because I had oh, to." Oh yeah, I mean the wooden beams and the ter- interior you uh, brick walls exactly, and the arches. You can't duplicate I mean, it's that. Just That's just absolutely amazing. You can't mock it up. No. It was one of a kind. Magnificent. And I love that it book. took off. And if you can believe we were selling these good sized lofts, not tiny little things, but something yeah. that was, you know, maybe 800 square foot with a 13 foot ceilings and the wood brick for 169. <gasps> wow. Like, I wish I could have. I have the old sales. Like, it, it scares me. I look at the price, like, you dummy, you should have just kept a bunch of them. Oh, uh, I know. It was a struggle. What are they today? Do you know what they're selling? That for? would be probably by latest MLS about 800,000. Mm hmm. So wow. it went up. Sure, everything's in Toronto has gone up, but it I just took off. I have a friend off. that uh, she won't buy anything other than candy lofts, and she's waiting for a unit to come available. She can't find one, and well, that's, they're they're pretty pricey right now. They still are the iconic example because yeah. they are real lofts. They are real brick. They're real wood. The characters are. You cannot duplicate that with a fanciest sales office. You can't duplicate character. And that's always yeah. what so. I've done. So what happened after the candy lofts? So that project. How long did it take, first of all, to complete that project? Um, it was probably six years from start to finish. Right. So okay. it occupied in the late 90s. And then I had bought a piece of land at the corner of King and Young, 5 okay. King West, actually. It was a 29-foot wide piece of land, 170 feet long, 29 feet wow. wide. And so it was, <laughs> so I bought it for, for $2.8 million at the corner of King and Young. Oh, wow. Okay. my God. Because it was 29 feet wide. And everybody said, well, nobody could build anything there. It's like a little store or something like that. I figured out a way of designing it so we could go 51 stories. So then one king was the bank building next door, which was the old TD Bank headquarters. It was a Dominion Bank headquarters originally. So David Murbers became an investor in it, and he helped to acquire that building. We merged the two buildings. Mm-hmm. So there, it isn't. Well, the original thought was that it would brace this very tall, skinny tower mm-hmm. with the other building, which in the end didn't happen. Uh, because the other, the old building is a, an old porcelain building. If you braced it with the tower, it would crack. Mm-hmm. So we literally had to make this 29 foot wide tower self-supporting. It's on the Discovery Channel, how it stands up and how it doesn't really? sway. It's, it's quite a cool, we got an award from the Engineering Association of America wow. for, for concrete design. Not Incredible. one of our most famous awards, but still, it was oh, good. That's and fascinating. The, it really one is. King West was actually voted the most admired building in the city in, in 2007. Mm-hmm. Wow. But it was a challenge again, because these were small condo units, tiny little condo units. Now, that's a hotel condo? Is that what it's that is? It's the only true hotel condo. And I'm sort of distinguished that because most condo hotels are a building where there's a hotel at the bottom or the side and a condo above it. Right. And they're really, they're together physically, but they're not really together operationally. Right. One King, however, is totally different in that the whole building is the hotel. And all of the rooms in the hotel or suites are in a rental pool. So all of the revenue from the whole building, which includes the food and beverage, the weddings, parking, the beer beer at the bar, everything in the building goes into a pot. And every month it's divided up revenues, costs, and the surplus is divided amongst all the owners. 
Now, I'm just curious to see, can the owners actually sell their, their yeah, it's, units? They can do what they like want. They own a condo, but they are part of a pool, an operational pool. Of I wonder if they ever go for sale. I've never heard of them going yeah. for sale. Oh, they do. They do. Now, it was a challenge getting it going. We had a lot of struggles just getting it operational. But when it opened, finally, within 18 months, it was a number three hotel in the city. And people don't know this because One King is a non-branded hotel. It's totally independent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It has never dropped below 90% occupancy in the last six years. It was at 87% in two years from opening. Yeah. And currently an owner who bought one of those little units that were mocked in the media. I have the clippings from, why would anybody buy like the size of a Volkswagen? Why would anybody (laughs) buy a stupid little condo like that? Yeah. They're currently netting for the smallest unit there, $38,000 net per year. Wow. Incredible. And the larger unit, 60,000. And what did they pay for that? About 100,000. And it was a tough sale because it's just small. But I was looking at it, this is a hotel. It's not just the unit. It's the weddings, it's the banquets, it's the parking, it's all the things in the building. See, it's a business. Stepping out of that comfort zone, stepping out of the box is so important for, for investors today because everyone's used to just doing what everyone thinks is right. But look at the, look what people could have made if they, they invested. If in they believed at that time. Yeah. And, and that's the worry that you've, you've raised a very good point. The market, real estate market has become a commodity market. It's just, you buy a condo, it goes up. Mm-hmm. It's been, what, 15, nearly 20 years of this boom. Yeah. A lot of people in the market now know nothing but a boom. Yeah. They've yeah, never been through a cycle. Yes. They don't know what happens when the music stops right. and there aren't enough chairs left. Right. And what do you do with a commodity in any market when the music stops? You have to cut the price. That's the only way of selling it. If it's the same as everybody else's. Uh, I don't, you know, I, I understand that. And I understand also why... Um, the Toronto market has such a demand and we have so many people coming into our country. Yes. So I don't think it's going to oh, no. stop. And uh, I just want to elaborate a little bit more on the market currently today and what your thoughts were on that. Well, I think Toronto's in a unique situation. It's become sort of the world safety deposit box. Canada's mm-hmm. one of the few sane places left in the world. And money is continuing to flow in. Mm-hmm. But uh, this, I think there is going to be a slowdown. There's going to be a time... We go back to normal, where mm-hmm. people just need to be very careful about what they buy. The thing that there's now in the Toronto market is the prices are so high, though, that a condo is an investment you have to think about carefully. Will mm-hmm. it cash flow? Mm-hmm. And so, how much capital do you have to? The banks are requiring higher and higher, as you know, more yes. and more money in. So yeah. if you've got two or $300,000 cash into a condo, it's pretty difficult to see that you know, generate a positive cash flow. Oh yeah, cash positive flow. cash flow is not happening. And you're tying up a lot of money. And you're basing that on appreciation too. That's right. right? So I think, uh, yeah, you know, working on the outskirts of, of Toronto, um, the ripple effect, it, it's definitely happening here where people now can't afford Toronto and they're moving further and further west or further east. Speaking of Hamilton, uh, we have a wonderful project that you started there. So talk to us about that one. That well, I flew again. into this weird situation. Ahead. I could not script or plan. My life does not constitute a rational business plan. But there's a school in Hamilton called the Stinson School. It was built by Ebenezer Stinson in the 1800s. And isn't that ironic? I thought... It's a historic building on Stinson Street in the Stinson neighborhood. I know. So, you know everyone thinks that that's <laughs> This was just No, it was not a Donald Trump ego trip. <laughs> it was generally called the Stinson School and the Hamilton School Board had it for sale. So I was contacted by the local city councilor who said, you got to buy this into a candy factory because we need something like that in downtown 
East Hamilton to, mm-hmm. you know, create that Queen West buzz. So we did. And the candy, sorry, the Stinson School, which I regard as the sequel to the candy factory, um, has had that effect. Yeah. So it's been well, eight I've been years. there when you were, you know, starting to work on the project. I went through it and it was magnificent in there. Well, I mean, all the old architecture, all of that there brought to life again. It, and that's, again, the character that brought people into it. So yeah. now those units, which we struggled to sell for hundred to $200,000, are getting four, five, six hundred, seven hundred thousand dollars $600,000, $700,000. So that has happened. That's You're been, always on the leading edge. Four years it's been occupied. When, then the next building was the Gibson School, which we're just in the process of working on now. It's, it's still some units there. And then I got another building in down on Hamilton, which was an old knitting mill. It's a 200-year-old abandoned knitting mill, oh, wow. which I got from the city about two years ago. And it since I got it by accident, this is the one fluky good accident, the city recently rezoned it for 30 stories. The city rezoned the downtown. Whoa. Amazing. So we are, in the next few weeks, releasing our new tower design. So what is your secret behind, you know, finding these different projects? There's, people think, oh, you do all these buildings. You know, I've been doing it for a long time and there haven't been that many. So every day, I look at one or two or three. People send me stuff. Oh, here's a screen. You'll love this building. You'll love that yeah, building. Yeah. It's old. It's, it's not that it's old. Is there a market for it? Where is it mm-hmm. located? What's the price? How bad is it? You know, all yeah. those things you got to know about it. And most of the time I say, thanks, but. But occasionally, just occasionally, I mean, you've been doing this in your field for long enough too. You know what a good deal is. You know what's financeable. Yes. You know a person right. that isn't financeable. You know occasionally, you know, I'll work on that one. I won't work on that. It's that yes. weeding out process. Anybody, mm-hmm. whether There's it's also a, a lot of intuition there, right? Absolutely. It is. You cannot put it into a formula. So I look at them and say, do I see potential for that? Is there potential in that neighborhood, in that, in that region? Can we make it worthwhile? A little building is actually generally not worth doing. Mm-hmm. There's no scale. It's just much aggravation sometimes in right. a little project. So yeah. it has to be in that range. Understood. What I really look for is a building that nobody wants, because mm-hmm. then I can get it at a relatively good price, which is how we got into Buffalo. That's an exciting project. Yeah, so tell us about oh, that. Oh, this, off, is your newest, this is your newest It, it started right? off with a train station in Buffalo, an abandoned, enormous train station outside Buffalo called Buffalo Central Terminal, which I'm still working on. But here I was, this guy from out of town, there's no problem, just give me this 30-acre train station, this massive monument that's been empty for decades. And they said, yeah, well, we don't even know you. How are we going to turn over this, this massive thing? So I had to do something to prove the credibility. And I had been looking for another hotel operation because I really loved the One King West business. Mm-hmm. And we ran across a building, Adams Mark Hotel in Buffalo. It's a giant hotel right in the center of the downtown. But that's its problem. It's giant. You know, it's seven acres, 500 rooms, 72,000 square feet of function space. It's the size of the convention center there. What's the market like in Buffalo right now? Like, I I mean, every time I drive through there to go to go shopping or whatever, I'm like, oh, this isn't very pretty. But. It's like any city. If you go through, generally speaking, the throughway through the bottom of the city, it's got the ugly stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like, the outskirts. You know, yeah. But if you know Buffalo, it's, it's a fascinating city. It has more grand architecture than virtually any city in America, except for probably Chicago and New York. Really? Just spectacular old buildings, and they've survived. Right. So the downtown is really becoming like Queen West downtown Toronto. It's really, and there's yeah, some cool. super buildings. But the Adams Mark was right dead center, and it is operating. It was a Hilton in 1979. So it's built, it's functional. So what's your plan for this Turn it hotel? Up, clean it up. Mm-hmm. It's tired. And these large buildings, the hotel industry has become these little formulas, the Hilton Garden, you know, the... Marriott courtyards. They're easy to run. They're simple, limited service, no food and beverage, small number of rooms. Right. This is huge. 
So it falls in that niche that is, you know, it's nobody really wants it. And it needs a makeover, mm-hmm. which is so what, what I do. So what kind of an image will it be? It looks like a Las Vegas hotel. It has the big fountain out front and the sweeping drive and the whole Art Deco wow. inside. It's a spectacular building. And, and it's, it's running old? now. It's 1979, so it's right. not really okay. old. It has no particular character. We will add the character to it. I see. We will spruce it up. It's well, based the- on your track record, Harry, I mean, every you're always a, maybe a decade or maybe half a decade ahead so I think it's a wise idea to invest in what you got going on there. Yeah. Well, the neat thing there is that we really do have a running business. And so many of the projects that people look at now, I mean, it's great sales office, nice package, but it's five, 10 years away before the darn thing is built. This building is there now. I'm leaving here from this, from this meeting here and I'm going to Buffalo to meet somebody at the hotel and we'll sit in the coffee shop and people will be checking in and things are happening there. Wow, very cool. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, it's even better than One King in the sense that it was designed and built properly as a hotel. We have double the number of rooms, 12 times the number of parking spaces, 10 times the amount of meeting space. It's an enormous business. I, I'm really looking forward yeah, to it. Yeah, so you're, you have, your family has history in... in I started in the industry. restaurant business. My dad was in the film business. And then I got into the concerts and promotion music industry. Wow. So my background is entertainment, hospitality. Yeah. And, and I love the, the dynamic of it. It's immediate. I see your mm-hmm. passion. People buy a condo, they pay you in 10 years. It's exhausting. All you do is borrow money and hope that it works out. Right. In the hotel and restaurant business, they come in, they pay. They do pay. That day, in cash. Yeah. It's wonderful. It is it's wonderful. It's the immediate gratification of the thing. Wow. There's a dynamic to it. So what does the... Okay, so you have this hotel. Now, What's how does that structure work for investors? To it's get the involved? same as One King, except it's, it's better organized because the market has changed. You know, Airbnb, Kijiji are all out there now. Mm-hmm. We make this... A, it is a dedicated hotel. You cannot use your unit. You can't rent it out. You can't live in it. It's part but you can of actually buy a, a you unit You own the there. unit in the hotel and it goes in the pool. Okay. And so you get a share of every bit of revenue coming in. What? Okay, so they can actually purchase a hotel room, right? Hundred thousand condo unit, hundred thousand Canadian, hundred thousand Canadian, and you now. How do you own it? Is it like a fractional ownership? No, no it's. I hate. I know people say timeshare. Well, no, no, no. People here. Like, uh, that's why I, I want know. clarity so our viewers can understand that unit. It's a condominium. It's a piece of real estate. You own so that. So it unit. is a condominium. You can sell it. You just can't live there, and you can't rent it yourself. It's not a co-ownership. It's nope. not fractional. Nope. It's actually separately deeded. It's separately deeded. Okay. Own the real estate. But you can't stay there. No. You. It's strictly an income. You should be so lucky as to never get into your unit because we're busy. Right. 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 right you know, right. don't come down and say, "Oh, the Sabres and the Leafs are playing tonight," which when the place is packed. Okay. I want to use my room. That's when I get three hundred bucks a night. You're not coming out of the hotel that night. <laughs> so, have you started the sales uh, for these? We've units? sold about a third of them just through our own word of mouth and our network. Wow. Because it's real. Every time people come down, we do these little open houses on Saturday where people come down, we meet Mm -hmm. them in the coffee shop. It's the moment they show in the hotel and they see it's real. It's it's, where do I sign? And when do you anticipate for this uh, project to be completed? It's it's running now. It's 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 ready. So you're able to sell now. This is the exciting part about it. It's ready now. Now, are there different priced units or are they all the same? Most of them are 100,000. Now, the standard unit. Is there like a penthouse? Club floor is 129. Okay. And do they get. But bigger returns because they're buying yeah, It's up. all the same percentage return. It's all, so you get the equal share. If the unit's a bit bigger, your share is a bit bigger. So it's, it's a fair, there's no worrying about well, what did they rent my room for? Or, you know, why did you prefer this person over that? Because you can't do that. They're mm-hmm. getting a share of the weddings. They're getting a share of the parking. They're getting a share. I mean, one king right now, for example, last year was a quarter million dollars in movie location shoots. The same thing in Buffalo. Ah. 
You know, there's so many derivative revenue sources, mm -hmm. the mini bar, the movies and all the stuff that comes in, it all goes so into the So do you pot. provide reporting to the investors? Every, every quarter they get the distribution and annual audit statement. So what is their return annually then on a $100,000 unit? Well, estimated. You, is, yeah, you, we can't say guaranteed no, at all. No, absolutely right? not. Just We're done around 50 to 20%. Oh. But at One King now, people are generating close to 30% or more. Wow, that's amazing. So I guess another question would be, can they finance that or does no. Not really. Cash. No, it's a cash. Okay. What we've made it, what's made it really appealing, what most people are using is their RSP. So are they allowed to register a charge on the property? Eventually, yes. Right now, as we're just transitioning into it, it's, it's, an, it's an oddball product. Same with One King. It took a year or so for people to stabilize. So if they wanted to get a mortgage, could they register a private mortgage? Not yet. Okay. While just, we're doing the transitional documents. So no. it's more of a cash. It's a cash thing, but it's a okay, hundred thousand. Most people have a hundred yeah. in their RSP. Oh, yeah. We have couples that will say, okay, I'll take my RSP, his RSP, two TFSAs and a little cash and we're done. Right. But do they take it out of the RSP or do they? No, it's still in an RSP. Uh -huh. We have our own RSP program. Ah, okay. So it transfers from this RSP to that RSP. Wonderful. We do the transfer because if they well, go to their own bank and ask them, they can say, oh, you can't do that. It's impossible. Yeah. Don't take the money out of our bank. No, no. Mm -hmm. So, you know, okay. we do it for them. Very interesting. So what do you have on the horizon next? Do you have... More hotels. <laughs> Are you going to retire soon? I don't know how to retire. I don't want to retire. I'm incapable. I'm, in, I'm, I'm not qualified to retire and I need the money. I'm the same. I won't retire either. No. And especially if no you love way. doing something right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's... I'm theoretically, I'm right now chronologically supposed to retire. I get stupid things for seniors discounts. I get, <laughs> you know, but I'm just getting started. Awesome. awesome. Well, that's amazing. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you for joining us and uh, sharing your story because I'm sure it's very inspirational. I just didn't start it here. <laughs> I know. We could spend another hour with you. Well, Maybe we'll have you back me. on the show for more information about other products that you have and, and get into a little bit more detail. But thank you for oh, coming. Oh, we'll do something crazy. Great. Well, I think that's it. Our show's up. Our time's up. So if you like more information on getting involved in Harry's projects or any other style of projects, you can reach us at profunds.ca for more information. 30 minutes are up, go create wealth. Any and all of the opinions expressed by guests on this program were theirs alone and did not necessarily reflect those of the network, the producers, or the host. Please consult a professional advisor before making any investment decisions.